You're listening to The Nature of Things. In this episode, originally aired April 30th, 1993, John Weeks reflects on better ecological times and calls for an increase in environmental awareness. Some of you may grow tired of my frequent laments for the passing of the rites and the rituals of yesteryear. You wouldn't be the first to think, I'm sure. Hey, I can understand the nostalgia, but let's face it, things are better today than they were then. I understand the nuances of what you are saying, but in my warped view, the world around us is not getting better in one respect. That is its ability to provide what we think of as the necessities of life. It's important, you see, not to equate providing more with providing better. It's customary to see the Earth's potential as infinite, able to adjust to any new challenges, and to forget that what is occurring today can also occur in the future. What I've tried to remind you over the last decade is that our presumption that we can violate the ecological laws with impunity is suspect. I present two arguments to support this notion. One is that most of the dire predictions of the 60s have become realities. Don't let naysayers convince you that they haven't. Examine it for yourself. The most radical and most maligned of these predictions at the time were those of Rachel Carson's Silent Spring. Outrageous, said the pundits of that day. I myself was skeptical, but in the ensuing 35 years, I've watched succeeding springs become more silent, not less loud, but definitely less rich. Rachel Carson saw the principal agent as pesticides, toxic arrows that killed more than the things that we pointed them at, and thereby began to limit potentials. She didn't give enough emphasis, I believe, to the cumulative effect of growing appetites and aspirations of a burgeoning third world community, devastating potential there. She didn't anticipate, I think, the emerging passions that caused pressure groups to assassinate people for the right to shoot themselves in the foot, if not actually to commit suicide. I'm not talking merely of the tendency to indulge in character assassination, although that deserves attention. What happened to Rachel Carson is not much different from what is being done to environmental experts today. It doesn't help much to blame that on environmental extremists. They are not the ones wielding the weapons. Worldwide, ecologists who gain political influence are being killed, just as are the endangered natural systems they are trying to protect. It's my sincere belief that the IQ of the world is suffering from this crass tendency. Those in power who will wipe out their opponents are not much interested in doing away with the extremists. In a perverse way, extremists help support their own arguments. By now, you may be ready to shout, hold on, John, you've caught some kind of virus that's affecting your judgment, or perhaps at least you're wondering, what's giving you intellectual indigestion now? Okay, you're right. I started to compose a short monograph on amphibian rights of spring because I thought it might interest you to know what's making all that racket out there on every warm night. This year, you might well ask, what racket? This has not been a good year to monitor the chorus, at least up to now. It may be merely symbolic, but this definitely mirrors a global phenomenon. It's hard to find a place in the world where amphibian populations, especially certain species, are not dwindling. No one knows why, although there are many theories. Certainly, it's too simplistic to blame it all on present environmental deterioration. Further, it's not certain that it hasn't happened in the past or that it's any kind of permanent phenomenon. Tomorrow could be better, and meanwhile, you probably can't see why a 
bunch of toads, frogs, and other distasteful creatures should cause you even a moment of concern. There are a number of reasons why it should. Not the least of these is the fact that their fecundity gives them the capacity to withstand monumental drains on their numbers. Amphibians are at the base of the food pyramids for untold numbers of creatures from raccoon to alligator. At the same time, they're an important bastion against the plagues of insects which seem to infest their favored wetlands. In some small way, it's true that amphibian abundance affects everyone's life, including even you out there. But it's not just amphibians I'm thinking about here. It's the logical suspicion that the stress on amphibian populations is due to some incipient environmental miasma that may be working its way up the food chain towards us. We've seen increasing numbers of examples of that phenomenon of late. Remember, not all environmental contaminants are like DDT, which left its ugly footprints all over everything. It's a safe bet that even you are carrying a healthy, make that unhealthy, dose of DDT in your body, and there's no way you can eliminate it. Wouldn't it be nice if we'd heeded Rachel Carson's warnings in 1962? Well, that's all I have for today. This is John Weeks saying thanks for listening. Tune in next week and keep it natural.